Welcome back to the Reality Served Real podcast. We're your hosts, Christina, Abby, and Michelle. Um, I just wanted to start out today by really thanking everyone for uh, liking, subscribing, listening to our podcast, and then also interacting with our Twitter and Instagram pages. Um, Really appreciate everything. And honestly, I wasn't expecting this much love and support. Uh, We launched on Monday and today is Thursday. According to our analytics, we've already had 76 downloads uh, and we have like 104 Twitter followers. And I just, I really want to thank everybody for all of the kind words and support that uh, you have showed us throughout this time. Um, Just going to take a second here to read some of the really nice things that people have had to say about us. So uh, we have Shimbo saying that I rarely share or tweet about other people's biz unless I think it's truly worthwhile. That being said, give these ladies a listen and hear them talk about hashtag the challenge all-stars and other reality shows. Um, Good job, Michelle, Christina, and Abby, all the luck. So thank you, Shimbo. We really appreciate that. Um, Very kind words. And then I have Amanda here who says that she can't wait to listen and that she is so excited for all three of us ladies. Um, Mikey says, oh my God, I love all these wonderful ladies. I'm so excited for this. So that's just a few of the uh, quote tweets that we have about our podcast and there are so many more and we just really wanted to thank everybody for um, supporting us. And, you know, I even saw um, on Facebook that um, Abby, uh, her husband had posted something about how 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 um, supportive and proud he is of her for doing this. And it really just means the world to me and to all of us that we are getting so much support behind this. Uh, Do either of you two have anything to add? That was so sweet of your husband, Abby. I read that and I was like, I didn't know he was like such a sweet guy. Cause he seems so funny and such like a prankster. And I read that I'm like, he is so sweet too. So that was nice. He's a, he's a jack of all trades. Yeah. But no, I just, I agree with Christina and um, I'm just so thankful. I mean, there are so many sweet, sweet messages Mm -hmm. and I got some in my DMs, obviously some on, on quote tweets on Twitter, Um, but it just, it, it meant the world to all three of us. So thank you all. Yeah. I mean, we even had the off the hook pod um saying that they love seeing the twitter stands making content and that they'll be tuning in so it's also you know great to hear that other podcasts are supporting us too so it's really really nice really fun and um it just really makes it feel like it's way more worth it than just i don't know i mean i always thought that this would be like a fun little hobby you know but just having the support behind it just makes it like so so much better and worthwhile Yeah. And I, I honestly, I have like zero attention span. So for anyone to listen to it, even if they didn't make it the full two hours, it's just very touching and very nice. And like certain people gave like nice feedback or just like commented on something we said. And I just, I thought it was really sweet that anyone would even 
listen. So I appreciate everyone's kind feedback as well. Well, thank you all so much for, for listening to us. Um, we also posted on our Twitter that we were going to be taking all of your questions today. So we are going to go ahead and dive right into that. Yes. Yeah, so we, um, Christina actually solicited for some questions and everyone kind of came through with some really good ones and some that like could go very shady as well. So I'm kind of interested to see what Abby and Christina think about these. Um, so let me just dive right into it. So the, one of the first questions we got was from Paul and he said, it seemed to take a long time for Kendall and Kellyanne to realize that the fairness style of gameplay wasn't going to hack it. Do you think they were just being naive or do you think it's just the way the episodes have been cut? Personally, I think they were being a little bit naive. I think that, um, you know, Kendall was on um, the last two seasons and I think that she kind of maybe got used to that, um, the atmosphere of just like volunteering to go in and, everybody just picking a way that was like not controversial for as a way for people to go in. I think she was just used to that. And um, I mean, maybe it had a little bit to do with the editing and the way that it was cut. But I think that also, you know, there's multiple times where Kellyanne is talking about how they're playing the nice game when everybody else is playing a game to win. And so, um, yeah, unfortunately, I think that in this situation, they were just a little naive. Abby, what do you think? Um, I absolutely think they were naive. Um, I don't know. I, I love Kendall to death and she's this, the biggest sweetheart. And I personally think she's a competition beast. Um, but I don't know, like when they were talking, I was just, I don't know if this is answering the question, but I was a little confused because, and when she was doing her confessionals or whatnot saying, you know, like they're playing a dirty game and it's not as mature as it was last season. And I don't know, I was just like, what kind of game does she expect them to be playing? This is a dirty game. Okay, right? so I guess you probably have a different perspective, Abby, because you didn't watch season one and two. I need you to watch season one and two because this kind of gameplay, it didn't happen in season one or two. And so I think that that's kind of what they're used to and, and part of why they were naive to the situation. Um, but I also think that that's why they cast people like Kayla and people like Wes and Jordan is because they know how to play a cutthroat game and they're used to playing a cutthroat game and they're not going to play anything but a cutthroat game. And that's not what we got in season one and two of all stars. We had good seasons. It was great to see them back. It was a completely different show though, in terms of the, atmosphere and the way that people went about deliberations and like literally in a one of them people just went around and I think it was Katie who just put herself in and people people were just like taking one for the team 
left and right, it seemed. And it was, it was a good, it was, they were good seasons for um, the nostalgia aspects and like having people back. And for, I mean, a slew of different reasons, All-Stars 1 and 2 were awesome, but we didn't get this competitiveness and this, these dirty games that we are getting this season. Okay. So it was a completely different dynamic in the first two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the only thing I really have to add is I think Kelly Ann should be well aware of how the game is played because she's been bullied time and time again on these shows, like picked on and just always targeted. So I think Kelly Ann, she knows what's going on and she knows what's up. So I don't know if it's just the editing that they want, like the two underdog girls, like good versus evil. I don't know. I don't know kind of what they're doing there with that. And then Kendall, I think I, re- I agree with Abby. I really like her. And I think. Yes, she's a very nice person, but I think she also there's a layer to it where she wants to be seen as a very nice person. And sometimes that's why she's like getting a little awkward and going over the top just a little bit um, and like kind of like refusing to play like dirty, if, if you want to say it like that. But then also, you know, when we talk about this episode uh, that was from this week, I did kind of sense like a small bit of entitlement from Kendall when she was talking about how she has a husband and kids and she deserves to be there and asking why they don't want her in the final. So I'm like, okay, you are a nice girl, but it, there, you know, there's a little bit of entitlement going on here. And I, like I said, I really like her. So I'll give a pass. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Absolutely love Kendall. But um, I think that I don't know if there's maybe like some like social anxiety or something that goes into it, but I, we, I feel like we saw in the last celebration and then again with the sabotage that, um, Kendall's not completely comfortable with making big moves because also it puts her in. That's true. But I think, I don't know. I know y'all pretty well. And, all three of us none of us are really that confrontational we don't like confrontations we don't like arguing and I feel like we can relate to Kendall in that way because I don't think that you know she she's not comfortable with that if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but I think that if you're gonna win the challenge then you kind of need to be exactly unfortunately that's why I could never probably do one of those challenges not like I would ever get casted but awesome anything else for this one I don't think so I think we pretty much covered it okay so the next question is from Denise and I don't I'm gonna preface this by saying I don't know if she means particularly on the season or with the show overall so you girls feel free to answer either way Um, And her question was, who, in your opinion, is the dirtiest male and female player and who are the cleanest male and female player and why? Oh, that's a good one. Um, So I think that the dirtiest male player is on this season is definitely Wes. And I think that the dirtiest female player um, might be. I'm going to say either Kayla or Veronica. I think that, I mean, like I said earlier, I think part of the reason that 
Wes and Kayla were brought in is because they're dirty players and they bring up some, bring some spice to the all-stars world. Um, but I also think Veronica is kind of right in there with them, bringing, bringing the, um, she's always kind of secretly stirring the pot and never seems like she's making like too many enemies, at least from what we see, but she always also has her say in everything. I mean, there's, um, even from this last episode, there's a scene of her at the party with, um, the girls that, um, are, are in the agency and they tell her that they're going to give her what she wants. And I think that, um, just the connections that she has, I mean, um, I think that she, she's, she's one of the dirtier players there, but I think that she's kind of like undercover dirty, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then the cleanest players, I think, um, Kendall obviously tries to be the cleanest, um, female player. And I think yes, tries to be the cleanest male player. Tries to be, but is or tries to be. Um, <laughs> I think that he did a very good job of playing a very clean game in season one. And I yeah. think that he is trying to be clean in season three. But I think that there may be some people in the way of that, like Wes and Jordan. Like, if they weren't there, I think that he would play the cleanest game, maybe. But I don't know, I guess. Yeah, it's hard. Or is it somebody that's, like, we've barely seen, like, Darrell? Does that mean that he's playing a clean game? I guess probably I mean, I don't know why we haven't seen Darrell. It's kind of weird. It's so weird. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, the only thing we got from him was that roller coaster story so far. That was it. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of strange. But so I guess I'll change my answer and I'll say Darrell because we haven't seen him. And if he was making waves. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I love it. So how about, how about you, Abby? What do you think? Um, first of all, love you, Denise. Um, she's an awesome, awesome girl and friend. Um, honestly, I think, well, from the first three episodes, Wes and Kayla, um, but as they always say, the challenge is a dirty game. And I know y'all already told me this, this one has been different from the first two. Um, but Oh, yeah, I would go with them um, for now. And then as far as cleanest, I, I just think, I don't know. I think it's too early to tell this season. There's a lot of people under the radar right now. Um, like I saw a thing on Twitter about the amount of confessionals out. And there's a lot of people who aren't, haven't even really been shown that much. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess to, to be determined. Okay. So I guess I have a little different answer for who's the dirtiest male player on this season. I'm going to go with MJ. He like really lost me 
after last season, when he talked about, well, there was a fourth step to solving and opening up the safe. And then he reneged and went back on it and said, oh no, the fourth step was just reading the instructions. And I feel like he gaslit Janelle about it. Like she was so upset about it. I felt really bad for her. And he like just seems to be very sneaky and snaky and always trying to get in with who's in power. No loyalty to anyone, but maybe John A. Um, so I'm going to say MJ kind of is for this season. I think he's might be acting the dirtiest. And then also like he gave Ken and, and that's in the episode we're recapping now. He gave Kendall such hell for putting that weighted vest on him. The man couldn't even walk in the mud. It didn't matter if she gave him the vest or not. He what he was losing. So I don't know. I, I, MJ to me might be the dirtiest player. And then for a uh, female, I kind of agree with Christina. Kayla to me is always very all about herself and will do whatever benefits herself. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of give it to Kayla there. And then cleanest, I had a hard time thinking about this one. And honestly, I had to go with people who are already gone. So I would say Latarian is very like loyal to his friends. You know where he stands. And he's not going to backstab anyone or go against um, anyone that he's working with. So I'm going to give that to Latarian. And then for the women, I said maybe Cynthia, because we didn't really see much out of her, or Melinda. Um, but they're both gone. So these are kind of cheapo answers. But that was the best I could do with that one. Um, okay. And then anything else? Any other comments here? No? Okay. Okay. So then the next question came from JP and he asked, if you were in Kendall's spot, who would you have sabotaged? Okay, so I have one of two um, answers here for this. So I think that if Kendall was concerned about um, the things that she says that she's concerned about, in the episode in regards to like keeping all the women safe trying to make it more even for Wes trying to put the life life vest on MJ because she felt like if you put it on a big guy then it kind of evens it out or like it has the least amount of impact or whatever um so if those are like her reasons for MJ then I think that she should have, I mean, I don't know why MJ was on her radar. It really doesn't make any sense to me, but um, I think she should have gone with Jordan because Jordan volunteer volunteered. He literally gave her the out. And if she wanted to pick something safe, like it seemed like she was doing, she should have picked Jordan. Um, but what's best for her game would have been to put it on one of um, one of the girls one of like Kayla or Sylvia or Veronica. Um, I think that, uh, in my opinion, she probably should have put it on Kayla or Sylvia. Um, I think that those are like the toughest girls to go up against in this kind of, um, I guess challenge. Um, yeah. So that's, that's my answer. I think she should have gone with Jordan, Kayla or Sylvia. Okay, so I promise that me and Christina did not exchange notes about the answers to these questions, but um, for the girls, I definitely would have picked Kayla or Sylvia. Um, no, I, I have no idea 
why she picked MJ. Um, maybe we'll find out if we can ever get her um, to join this podcast as a guest, but I'm still, I'm, I still can't wrap my head around that, especially since John A said that they were really close and Jordan's over here, like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Like, so I, I, I'm, I'm kind of just, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I still don't get it, but um, yeah. So those are the three I would have picked. Yep. Um, so I think last week, Sylvia kind of threw the first shot when she sabotaged Kellyanne. So all Kendall had to do was either throw it back on Sylvia or do Sylvia's best friend, who was Kayla. So I agree with both of you. That was probably the easiest answer. Those girls were already against her. It, you know, it's not like if she didn't put it on them, they were going to try to save her. It just made no, really no sense to me that she wouldn't have tried to like put it on Kayla or Sylvia, but um, like we said, we're kind of still trying to wrap our heads around that one. Well, she says um, in the episode, she's like, you weren't on my radar. You weren't A, B, C, like any of her plans or whatever. And she um, tweeted that um on an interview that she does, she will reveal what plans A, B, C, and D were. So hopefully, um, hopefully we can get her on in the future and we can get to the bottom of this. Oh yeah. Tag me if she reveals. I'm very curious. <laughs> I don't think she will reveal until she's on a podcast. Oh, okay. So we'll see. Well, hopefully we'll find out. Yes. Okay. So the next question was from Penrod shout out Penrod um and he said a lot of injuries causing issues with the cast I agree from the last pod why would you come on just a couple of months later if your body hadn't healed yet that being said TJ alludes to someone replacing an injury DQ who do we think it is Okay, so I am going to be fully transparent here and not really answer that question because I do know spoilers. However, I will say that I find it really interesting with the replacements thing that they have multiple replacements on site, like always at the beginning of the season, like every single season. And it doesn't seem like we get... um, a replacement unless there is more than one person who is being replaced. Like if just Tina went home, would we still be getting a replacement? If just Jemmy went home, would we still be getting a replacement? I wish I would have done the research to see like what exactly it has been on previous seasons. But if my memory serves me right, I really think that the only time we've actually seen people come in as replacements recently is when more than one person has gone out but now it's been three melinda so maybe that's why they felt the need to bring in one because this episode it was two but last episode it was melinda so all of a sudden three girls are gone right well and and still had a guy elimination oh i see what you're saying you know what yeah you know what i'm saying the guys are now three up on the girls right yeah so yeah we've really taken taken some hits this season that's for sure 
yeah, we'll get to that in the episode. It's a bummer. Um, but yeah, no spoil. I know a lot of our listeners don't do spoilers, but all I'll say is I think the replacement is gonna gonna cause some interesting. I think most of our listeners at least do cast spoilers. So I think that, you know, talking about cast for future seasons and stuff like that should probably be okay. But I don't know that we should talk. I mean, I, I'm, I don't think we should talk about like actual spoilers on here because. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I want all, and don't want to, you know, want to make all of our, our listeners happy. <laughs> not just, not just some of them can't be spoiling things. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know who, who's coming on, but I'm just excited for a new fresh face. And I feel like so many of the girls are working together. Maybe we'll get someone who will be on Kellyanne and Kendall's side and maybe balance things out a little bit more. So I'm excited to see who it will be. Me too. Okay. Um, and the next question is from Brian Tran. And I guess this isn't really a question, but he just said, thoughts on Scott and that's Scott Yeager getting contacted for season 38 of the challenge. Now, this is something that I saw come up on my timeline one day. I was at, I was like deep in work. And I think I was in a workshop at work. And at the end of the day, like this is one of the first things I saw. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so I don't know. I'm going to throw it to Christina because I feel like Christina knows everything going on. Do you think it's true he got contacted for season 38 of the challenge? And what are your thoughts? Okay, so I do think that he got contacted for season 38 of the challenge. Um, I I've obviously have no confirmation on that other than what Gamer said, but I, I do believe it personally. Um, uh, based on the rumored theme for the season, uh, I don't know if I should say that or not, but um, it makes it makes sense that he might be partnered with Derek in a scenario like that. But I think that they switched some things up, so that wouldn't be a possibility anymore. Um, but yeah, I think for sure that he was contacted, and I think that it's hilarious. Okay, so personally, I love Scott Yeager. I think that he is funny and I think that he's a great interview and I know that um, maybe not everybody agrees with me when I say that, um, but I think that he does a really great job on their podcast. I think that he does a decent job of reeling D, D in when he kind of gets on his little tangent tangents and I mean, he puts on great events and I think that Overall, I, I really like Scott Yeager, but um, I think it would be hilarious to actually see him on the challenge um, just because I never would have thought that would have happened. <laughs> and like, I, I think it'd be interesting to see how like people react to like, oh, like you're here because you're, you have a podcast with Derek and like, what kind of target would that put on their back? Would it be a good thing because he's built all these relationships and he's gotten to know all these people or would it be a bad thing? Cause they'd be like, what the fuck? Why are you here? <laughs> so I don't, I don't really know, but uh, I think that it'd be really interesting to watch. It'd be really interesting to see. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll be on. I think he, but I do think he was contacted, and I think it's hilarious. I and and you know, maybe that just means that there's there's hope for us to get in the on the challenge in the future. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, his connection is Zarek, but uh, yeah, no, I think that it's cool that he got contacted for sure. I think it's funny. I personally would have loved to see him on. Um... He, uh, he, you know, he's been working out a lot and has been getting in really good shape. I don't know if that's because he heard he might be contacted. It was like, good point, oh, Abby. What? <laughs> good point. I, you're that right. <laughs> that ran through my head. I'm like, does, does he know calls coming? And he's like, it's go time. Um, but I, I honestly, I would have loved it for the entertainment. Can y'all imagine if Amanda, um, is on this season and he would have been on because she would have been gunning for him when you were talking about who would gun for him or not. Um, that would have been fun to see. And yeah, Scott has, I don't know. I, I feel like people either love him or they hate him. Like there's really no in between. I know a lot of people who think he's great and other people who think he's not so great. So I think he would have been a really um, interesting controversial controversial uh, character on the show so oh well maybe in the future if scott was ever casted on the challenge i would buy one of his i heart sy shirts i think it would be hilarious i would totally do it <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> um so i have actually i i don't know why i took this question i had some deep thoughts on this question so i remember like in the early days of the challenge mania podcast People used to write in the question for Scott all the time, would you ever do a challenge? And he always kind of treated it as something that was totally far-fetched and unrealistic and would never happen, which to me makes total sense because this is back when there was one show, MTV's The Challenge, and there was how many roles for guys on the show? 15, if there was 30 cast members or maybe 20, like, I don't know. So there weren't that many slots and people who were on the show and wanted to be on the show again, couldn't even get back on. So it probably seems super far-fetched back then, but now it's 2022 and it's like Viacom and CBS merged. It's Paramount now. And they have so many different spinoffs in production of this show. Um, we have All-Stars now. We've done three seasons of All-Stars, which is crazy to me that it happened so quickly. Um, and then the, the CBS challenge that's coming and the global one, there's just so many um different shows that I imagine like casting all these shows these people have to probably reach far and wide to get a larger group of potential cast members so it didn't like it surprised me when I saw that but I it, it makes sense when I'm thinking about the way the show has grown um and I think about the other programming on like MTV and CBS and there's not that many other shows to pull people from like they can try Big Brother and Survivor like they've been doing and maybe Love Island and but people don't really like some of the people that have come from those shows so I don't know one of my seasons that I really liked that nobody else liked was Bloodlines because like the fights to me felt so real like when Jenna and her cousin Brianna were fighting about the job because of the bakery like I died like I thought those it was so funny and then when Abram and his brother were like hyping each other to the point of Abram got a nosebleed before the elimination I don't know it just like it feels more real to me so I would have loved to see 
how Derek and Scott interact on a challenge, <laughs> especially because I think Derek kind of morphs into someone else on the challenge versus who he is on the podcast, because it's a very different goal for each um, medium. So I think it would have been really interesting. Um, and who knows? He might be out in the future. I don't know. So what you're saying is that we have a chance. Yes. There's a chance. <laughs> I'm saying there's a chance. That's funny. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, Scott's great. I think he'd be funny. Uh, I absolutely agree. And like Abby touched on, he has drama with like Ashley and Amanda. So, I mean, listen, I think it would have been great. So we'll see. Um, with more than that. So we got a couple questions about Survivor too. And I know all three of us are watching Survivor. Uh, full disclosure, I didn't watch the most recent episode all the way through yet, but I did see what happens. Um, so anyway, Paul asked, what Survivors from this year could you easily see easily transitioning to the challenge? Um, and then he gave some people that he thought might be transitioning to the challenge, maybe Jonathan, maybe Lindsay, maybe Tori, and maybe Drea. So I don't know if you guys have agree with him or have any other answers that you want to throw in the mix. I just started watching three episodes ago. So I need to do a binge to start from the beginning before the season or the final tribal comes out. So I don't know who Tori is, um, but I can definitely see Lindsay, Jonathan, and Drea for sure. Um, Lindsay's just a beast. I mean, and so is Jonathan, um, competition wise. So, um, yeah, I can definitely see those three and, hmm, if there's, who else is left that I know? I don't know. Clearly have many people that are left too. But I haven't seen, I haven't seen the yeah. previous, I, yeah, I've only watched the the, the past three so I don't know anyone prior gotcha. I, yeah I need to catch up I need to go back and watch um so I definitely agree with Paul in all four of the people that he said however I will say Paul you're biased because all four <laughs> of those people are on our fantasy team um so um ironically so like at the beginning of the fantasy season for survivor you draft your team and then like you don't know who anybody else drafted until you're done right well me and paul picked the exact same players on our team this year all of the players were exactly the same so i know exactly what he's talking about but i'll just say i'm biased too but paul you're biased because those were four out of the six people on our team this year and <laughs> we both think that they should all transition over to the challenge. I will say about Tori, Tori was the girl that wasn't um, particularly liked by a lot of people, but she was good. She was strategic. And um, although a lot of people didn't like her, I really liked Tori. Um, and I think that she's probably one of the main people that I can see transferring over to the challenge because of her controversial attitude and her just like, man, I'm gonna fuck, you know? So, I mean, like literally that's how she played her game. And I think that that's why she lost, but I also think that that's what would make her a great challenger. Um, Jonathan kills the challenges and um, based on casting 
rumors, I believe that he was contacted for season 38. So um, maybe we will be seeing him soon. So my people oh. I'm going to say are Tori and Jonathan. Interesting. I did not know that. Not either. That was something um, I tweeted. Okay. Um, actually, Christina, I agree with you on Tori. Tor, out of Paul's list of four people and out of the what I watch, I think Tori is like feels like the messiest person who would be perfect on MTV's yes. version of the challenge. Yes. So I totally agree about Tori. Jonathan to me just oozes survivor for some reason. So I guess I'm completely wrong on this based on what you're saying. But to me, I'm like, I feel like they would just want to keep him on like future seasons of Survivor or maybe even if the, the okay. challenge version of for CBS because it just oozes Survivor to me. I can see maybe the challenge version of CBS. Um, but have you seen that man with the shirt off? I think that he can definitely do some challenge, some damage on the challenge too because that oh. is ripped. No, I agree. And he's like superhuman. I know. I see I've seen I've seen him everything he can do. He's was, like superhuman, but like, I don't I don't know. He just oozes survivor to me. There's just this one episode in particular. I can't remember exactly what the challenge is, but his team was like so far behind and and when it's like his turn to go, he just goes and just like whacks this thing and which took like all the other people who tried like several attempts and it just goes for him on the first try. And all of a sudden his team is completely caught up and I'm pretty sure they end up winning that challenge. And it's just, it's like completely because of him. And I think that he just dominates the competition and that he would be a great addition. And also he's like kind of um, messy. He's kind of a messy player. And so... <laughs> He's, right. like, he's like a Alton. Uh, yeah. Like competition wise. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that comparison. So yeah. there was one more person that I wrote down, but I'm not sure if he's really a fit for the challenge, but Hive like had like such a strategical mind. I, I, I would, I don't know. I would be interested to see what he would do. I don't know if he's really a fit. So that was just the other person I wrote down. So I thought about high too. And it's just because I agree with you. He's a super strategical player. And I think that I, he was one of my favorite players this season. I loved how, um, again, talking, he was also on mine and Paul's fantasy team. So maybe I should steer clear of that. But I think that he would be a better fit for a show like Big Brother than he would be for the challenge. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Okay, and then we had one more survivor question from Shimon Shimbo. Um, out of the remaining players, who is your pick to win Survivor? My pick to win Survivor um, is one of two people. I think it will either be Jonathan or Mary Ann if they make it to the end. I think if she makes it to the end, I think that she'll for sure win. Um, but I kind of hope that she doesn't win because I know that this is like opposite of what Abby thinks. Abby, I'm so sorry, but she has annoyed me all season and I can't wait to see her go. Why do you hurt me like this? <laughs> I'm so oh. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't no, know. I, lo I love that we have different opinions. Um, <laughs> I'm obsessed with her. I mean, yes, I can see the annoyance factor. 
like I said, I've only seen three. And at first I'm like, who is this? How have you been starving for 20 days and you're still like this bubbly, like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I'm so excited for to run across this thing and climb up this thing and solve a puzzle. And yeah, let's go. Like, no, (laughs) I will be dead after 20 days. I am not still having that personality. So I don't know, maybe maybe I'm being too critical of her, but I just think that her youthfulness really shows and I can see how it is um, appeasing to some people, but for me, it's just a little too much for Survivor and I get annoyed with her. Yeah, she's, she's not, she's not your thing. Um, oh, <laughs> but Christina, I think when- that if she makes it to the final three, she'll win. So when you, when you watch the episode last of last night's or last night's episode i'm tired y'all i'm sorry i'm like mixed my words um you're gonna be really annoyed at the <laughs> at the um the chat the main chat not the reward challenge but the immunity challenge because she does something <laughs> so silly i loved it because i love her but i'm like what is what is she doing anyways of course yes i want marianne to win she is my pick to win. I don't know if she will. I think she will make it to final four um, because of her hidden idol. I don't know what will happen after that, but yeah, I'm team Marianne all the way. Um, I mean, I didn't watch this last episode yet. I started it and I got about to the reward challenge where they were eating the chocolate cake. Um, so I mi- I think I missed a lot of, just based on what I'm seeing on Twitter, I missed a lot of big things that happened. So my opinion may change after I watch this, but right now I really, really like Lindsay and I think she's tough. She's a good competitor, smart. So that, that probably would be my pick to win right now, but I'm reserving the right to change my answer. My only after thing I watch Lindsay this. is that I really like Lindsay. But I think that she's just kind of under the radar. And I guess we've seen players like Michelle Fitzgerald win because of stuff like that. But I feel like in general, um, it's not really the like underdog hidden player that wins usually, is it? I guess maybe I haven't seen enough seasons of Survivor, but that that's my only qualm with Lindsay. But I think Lindsay's great. I really like her too. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Anything else on Survivor from either of you? No, I'm excited about the next question. <laughs> I will be saved it for last. Um, so Nikki wrote in, and I'll censor it, um, F. Mary Kill. And the three names that she gave us are MJ, Yes, and Cyrus. Abby, do you want to go first since you're so excited about this question? Yes, I will. Um, <laughs> shout out, Nikki. I, lo- I, I love you. Um, so this is, I, I think I put this in the in the tweet, but um, this is a no-brainer for me. So definitely, MJ, bye-bye. Um, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Not a huge fan, so that was an easy one. Um S would be yes. I lo- I like I said before, I love his social media um, posts. I think he's a nice guy. 
I just don't know him that well. Um, but 110%, I would marry Cyrus over and over. I think he's hilarious. He has such a kind heart. Um, he's just an all around awesome guy. So who is it? He was like, kind of Paul is Paul kind of down on Cyrus. Paul is the biggest Cyrus hater and I'm working, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm going to tell him. Oh gosh. (laughs) Paul, Paul, Paul. Yeah. So yeah. Kill, kill MJ. F yes. And Cyrus will be my, my, my next ex-husband. Okay, so I'll go next. Um, my answers are very different than <laughs> Um, Okay, so this was really hard for me because I really like all three of those people. So I'm just going to start by saying that I really don't want to kill any of them. But if I am going... By process of elimination, I'm going to have to kill Cyrus, unfortunately. I feel terrible saying that because I have met Cyrus twice in person and I went to his 50th birthday party and I really don't want to kill you, Cyrus. But wow, this is cold blooded. But you're up against <laughs> two people that I really like. So I'm so sorry. Um, I think that. Um, again, I think that this is controversial with Abby. Um, rethinking this whole podcast idea right now, Christina. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's good that we have different opinions, (laughs) but I, okay. So, and again, Abby, I think that you'll have a different opinion too, if you watch season one, but I'm going to go ahead and marry. Yes. Because I think that he is the most husband material out of the three of them. I think that he has this like positive attitude that I think could like really, I don't know, like I feel like his positive attitude is just like really zen for the most part. And like that's just like kind of the vibe that I have and like the life that I kind of try to live is to just like, I don't know, like not just like to take life for what it is and not take it for granted. I feel like he has that attitude. And, and because of that, I feel like as far as a life partner goes, I would have to marry. Yes. And then obviously I would FMJ for sure. So (laughs) I a hundred percent knew that's. (laughs) Oh my God. And I can bet who Michelle's effing. <laughs> Abby, you know what? You told me a secret. I did. I was, I was going to. I Okay. I know. I, okay. So before I watched this last episode, I forget why I was texting Abby. But I texted Abby yesterday that I absolutely hate MJ. But for some reason, I still find him hot. And. <laughs> It's very unlike me because I usually like someone's personality makes them so much more attractive to me. So I don't know what it is about MJ. (laughs) But after I watched this last episode, Abby, he pissed me off so bad that I'm immediately killing him. I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) 
No, MJ. This is where it Christina, got very you, difficult. Christina, you, you got to make it happen before we kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, your time is limited if he keeps this up, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm dead. That's so, so funny. <laughs> Oh. Like the, and the other two, it's such a toss up for me. And I'll tell you why the obvious answer to me is I'm going to marry. Yes. But when I think about, yes, I think, oh my God, he's such a good person. He's an activist. He wants to help people. He's dedicated his life to helping people and doing all these wonderful things. He's not going to want to be with me. Like we're not going to have a happy marriage because I'm just, I don't think I'm a good enough person for yes. So I guess when I settle it all down, I would decide maybe I'm going to F yes. And then Cyrus seems fun. I just listened to him on a podcast. He talked about how he loves to watch reality TV, all these shows he watches. He likes 90 Day Fiance and Married at First Sight. Um, and I love the way he speaks about his fiance. And you know what? I think I would end up marrying Cyrus because as much as I, I love, yes, and I like really respect him, I just don't think he would be happy with me and that would not be a good marriage. So we have the same answers. I know, Abby, and it's funny. I wrote it in my phone too. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, Abby has the same as me. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's why I said Cyrus would be my next ex-husband because like, I'm not fun enough for him. Like three days in, he'd be like, you're a boring bitch. Like I need to move on. Guys, oh, you're right. That premiere yeah, party. Maybe. Oh my gosh. The premiere party that he threw last weekend, that was something else. I mean, I was following along on Instagram as much as I could. And I even had the pleasure, shout out to Brian Tran for FaceTiming me. And uh, while he was talking to Tina, it was literally like 45 seconds, but that's okay. She waved at me and blew me a kiss and I blew her a kiss back and it was glorious. Love it. <laughs> Yes. Well, that was really fun. Thank you to anyone who wrote a question. Those were really fun to answer. Yeah, especially your question, Nikki. That was hilarious. Put us in a little, uh, a little position there that we had to answer answer some some uncomfortable things. But I think that it was hilarious. I I love that. Yeah. So, should we so go time? on to the episode? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the episode recap, we are going to recap, um, episode three of the challenge all stars. So, um, in the beginning of the episode, okay. First of all, I want to start by saying that there was a lot going on this episode and that was transparent from the minute that this episode started. Um, in the first five minutes, we get a lot of different things. And right now I'm going to break down those five minutes for you and kind of what we saw in that five minutes. So the episode starts with Mark talking about his elimination win. Of course, he's like super excited about his win. He's talking to his little, um, like, I don't even know, WrestleMania doll. I don't know what to call that, but he's talking to the Mark Long version of, um, himself stuffed and he is um saying 
that he is just like super grateful for the win and that he's super pumped about winning. And I always think it's so interesting that people like never want to go into elimination, but then when they come out and they win, well, of course they're afraid they're going to go home and that's why it's upsetting. But when they come out and they win, it's like they're on top of the world. So I think that more people should maybe even keep that in perspective um, just because uh, afterwards, I mean, we also in this, five minutes see uh tina talking about her win and how she thinks that like even though it's her worst season ever it's like kind of her best season and maybe this is her season to win because she's already won two eliminations and what do these stars mean and all of that um we then also see a montage of kendall and kellyanne doing yoga and in that little segment, we see Kendall talking about how if she were to win, what she really wants to do is start a business with Kelly Ann and open a yoga studio. So I think it's cool that we were able to see um, some different some different aspects just right right there pretty much in the first like minute. And then after um, we see um, people like talking about uh, their elimination wins and why um, they're wanting to win. We go right into the alliances and we see Kayla first talking about the Treehouse Alliance. So um, the Treehouse Alliance consists of Kayla, Sylvia, Jemmy, Veronica, Tina, Ronnie, and Derek. And those are the people that are in their room. And I, I uh, think it's hilarious that Derek is part of that. I don't really know why or how he became part of that. I mean, obviously it's because it's his room, but I think it's, I mean, Derek, why didn't you room with the guys? Are, are, like, are there two rooms? Are there three rooms? Are there four rooms? I don't know, but I just think it's funny that somehow Derek ended up there. Um, and as we see throughout the episode, I pointed out or um, caught on a couple different times that we see him with the Treehouse Alliance. So it is someone that he is not just roomed with. It's something that he seems to be taking really seriously as far as sticking with his um, alliance. Now, what's interesting is that we see um, Kayla saying that on the opposite side, we have Kellyanne and Kendall, but there's no mention of the fact that John A or Naya are also in the other room. Now, I don't know why they didn't mention Naya. I think Naya is a strong competitor, even though we haven't really seen much from her yet. Um, I mean, there's no way that she's not. Uh, so I don't really know why they are excluding her from that narrative, other than the fact that um, maybe they're loosely aligned with Jordan and Jordan's with Naya is really the only thing that I could think of in regards to that. Um, but also where's John A? And I think the answer to that is that John A is kind of in their alliance. She's not in their alliance because she's not in the treehouse. But um, as we talked about last week, she's obviously super close to Jemmy. And um, I even saw on Twitter that Jemmy tweeted that her and John A strategically chose to room in different rooms um, this season because, I mean, you know, 
if you watch the challenge, you know that that people do that. And it's a really smart strategic move. And so, yeah, of course, they're not going for John A because John A is playing both sides, essentially. So um, after we uh, find out about the Treehouse Alliance, we see Nehemiah talking about the fact that Melinda is now gone and he confirms that Wes is his number one ally. However, he feels like he has to keep it kind of under wraps and that because of that, he can't talk to him. And again, for me, that just kind of goes back to what I thought last week about um, how Wes and Nehemiah are so close to, to each other, not just because of their Austin connection, but also because they both live in Kansas City currently and are friends and see each other in real life all the time. So of course, of, so of course they would be um, connected in multiple different ways. So I don't know, when I'm watching this first five minutes of this episode and the way that the alliances are all playing out and the way that some of the veterans are not catching on to the alliances, it makes me really realize kind of what we said last week about how some of these people have played together recently in like the trilogy that was um like final reckoning and dirty 30 and vendettas and um those friendships that have formed i think that they're not realizing some of the things that maybe us as fans are realizing because they haven't watched in so many years that they're just like not in tune to what is actually going on and some of the secret alliances that are being made. I'd be curious to know, um, hopefully someday we can have John A on, but I'd be really curious to know, like obviously in this episode, we hear a lot about MJ being her number one guy. I wanna know who her number one girl is. I would be willing to bet that it was Jemmy. So I would agree, uh, I think it's Jemmy, Christine, I agree. I, I think it probably is. So I'm interested to see now, you know, maybe what happens now that she's gone, but um, it's really interesting to just see how all these alliances are forming. And then the very next thing we see is MJ and John A talking by the pool and the way that she looks at him and the way that he looks at her and the way that MJ says that like we come as a package deal, then we see Kellyanne talking about um, them being super close and how since they won together, they got even closer and that they see each other as lucky charms. And so everybody in the house should view them as a, a threat. Kelly Ann thinks that they have a chance at a second win. And honestly, I think that she is very right. And I think it's interesting that so many of the... Um, I think it's really interesting that so many of the, gosh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, Kendall and Kellyanne. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so I just think that that those two are, are, I just, I'm so sorry. I totally lost my train of thought there. Um, no, you know what? Um, I think for me, the oozing romance between Janae and MJ in the scene, like basically took me out. Like, 
one of the first things Janae said was like, you've been so very pensive today. I'm like, what? Like who's, who said that? It's just like the sparks were flying. I think they're in love. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's, thank you for getting me back on track with just Kellyanne saying, um, what she was saying and like all the other challengers, even later on, there's like Sylvia says in a confessional, like, what were you thinking about? Like picking MJ, of course, John A is going to be against you now and all that. I think that, um, they are either foreshadowing something to us potentially, or they are, um, covering up something that they are alluding to and kind of want us to know about, but maybe also don't want us to know about. Is there something going on between MJ and Johnny? And I want to get to the bottom of it. I'm nosy. Yeah, me too. Gosh, I'm so sorry that I lost my train of thought there, guys. Um, oh, we're, we're all tired. Please, you're Christina, fine. you're fine. You're good. Um, but then Michelle, the- Michelle swooped in. Yes, thank you. So I was kind of like you. I went brain dead too. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> right now," because I don't. Yeah, you're good. Sorry. Well, anyway, so the next thing that we see is Wes and Yes, and they are talking about the the sabotage. And this is kind of what we saw. The clip that we saw in the trailer last week was Wes saying that he loves stirring the pot, and then Yes saying that. Um, he hates that kind of dirty gameplay. And so I just named like one, two, three, four, really five, six, seven, eight different scenes. And all of that happened in the first five minutes. Yep. It was a lot. I I found this episode a little bit all over the place, to be honest with you. And trying to keep up with it was a little bit hard. Yeah, I agree. Um, Honestly, if I wasn't taking notes, I probably would have missed a lot of it because it was just, it was a lot that was going on in this episode, but that's okay. That's why we are here to break it down for you. (laughs) Um, So the next thing that we get into is the daily challenge. Um, Michelle, would you like to talk a little bit about the daily challenge? Um, Sure. So the challenge was called Playing Dirty. And it kind of had the rules of musical chairs. So in the first round, there are 10 men or 10 women and only nine balls for them to get. So they all have to run into this mud pit, uh, get a ball, and whoever's the person who ends up not being able to get a ball is going to be eliminated. They're going to be the first person out, and they're going straight into uh, the elimination. Um, after that round, there are two more heats where there are uh, nine women and five balls. So then they had to eliminate four more people. And then the last round where you got who's going to be in the authority, it's five people in three balls. So before the challenge starts, we have to do the sabotage. Um, And we're kind of back in this yes versus West moment. And yes, decides he's going to put the sabotage back where it came from and gave it, give it to West. 
Um, and then Kendall asked a million questions. Can she use it on a guy? Can she use it on herself? Jordan asks, hey, give it to me. I think he's, I think, I think Jordan kind of saw her struggling and was just trying to help her. And Jordan kind of likes to be the hero and like go, Jordan likes to have all the odds stacked against him and then still succeed. I think that's his greatest thrill in life. So I think he was fine if she gave it. I also to... think that he likes the airtime because if okay. you that, point. <laughs> then you're going to get airtime. I, I don't know. I didn't listen to this podcast, so don't like quote me, quote me on this, but I did see on Twitter that, um, like a teaser for a podcast and Tina saying that, um, Wes and Jordan made a deal that whenever they can sabotage someone, they would go for each other so that they would get the screen time. Really? That's what Tina said. So... I don't know. I find that, I find that interesting, especially like right after like hearing that she said that within like a week later, we we see Jordan like trying to sacrifice himself. So I think that, yes, I agree. He likes to be the hero, but I think that like more than being the hero, he likes to be the hero on TV. I love that. That's a good quote. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, Kendall asked, can she use it on herself? Which I don't even understand why she asked that. I think she just likes, I don't I, I maybe the reason why I'm getting a little annoyed with this is because it reminds me of myself. I like to know everything and every option before I make a decision. So maybe that's kind of the path she was going down. Um, but ultimately, Kendall picks MJ to use the sabotage on. And the shock and awe on everyone's faces, uh, just, I couldn't believe, everyone was very shocked by this. So, and I guess her reasoning was she was trying to help the women, trying to help Wes, and then minimize it uh, by putting the sabotage, which was, how many pounds was it? 20, 35 pound weighted vest? Okay, yeah, it was 35 pounds, but one thing that I would... I would love to ask TJ, but I mean, I know we're not cool enough to ever get TJ on our podcast, but I would love to ask TJ if Kendall would have picked a girl, would it have been 35 pounds? I feel like it would have been like Good question. 20 yeah. pounds, 15 pounds. I don't think it would have been 35 pounds on like Kendall said, I think in a tweet that she's 5'3", 110 pounds. Like, there's no way they would have put 35 pounds on Kendall. Like, that's like a third of her weight. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, And yeah, no, there's no way it would have been a 35-pound weight vest. So I'm curious what it would have been if it was a female that she chose. Um, Yeah, sorry. No. Um, so MJ's pissed and he says this was the dumbest move she could have possibly made, which cracked me up. I'm like, why is this the dumbest, like out of everything she could do, this was the dumbest thing. I mean, I don't know. I think it it wasn't smart. I'll agree with that. It wasn't, it wasn't a really a a smart move. And I think she made a lot of enemies with it, but MJ's ego seemed a little bit out of control to me after winning last season. Okay. But at Um, the same time, like how many people? How many people do we have left at this point? We've had 
two eliminations. Um, so we have four down. So what does that mean? We have 20 people left. So we have 20 people left and let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people are in um, the tree house and then add Jordan in who volunteered himself. So that's eight people. So eight out of 20, which is not quite half, but almost half of the people you could have voted in. Obviously you're not gonna vote in yourself and Kellyanne. So that does make mean that you have um, literally fifth, like that's 50% of the people. So you have 50% of the people, 10 people that you can choose from. And if she's that close with John A and Naya because they're rooming together, then why on earth would you pick one of your closest allies, number ones? So like really when you get down to taking out John A and taking out Naya out of the equation, She's down to eight people she can choose from, and she chooses someone who would have never gunned for her and would have never, like, you already have seven people against you and one person willing to volunteer. Why on earth didn't you pick one of those people? Like, MJ is one of the only people that currently is on her side, it seems like. So I think that that's why he said that's the dumbest move that she could have made, because she just lost two allies that she had and she already doesn't have that many. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, okay, so then round one was the women first and there were 10 women and nine balls that they had to get from the mud pit. Um, so some of the highlights here I, I wrote down were Sylvie, Sylvia and Kayla were obviously helping each other. Then we end up with Veronica and Kendall for the last ball. Um, Kendall becomes victorious here and Veronica ends up being the first woman out and gets last place. So she's going straight into the elimination. Um, the round two, we have nine women and and just what? Like, can I pause you really quick there and just add? Of course, Ronnie looked like a beast. Like, oh my gosh, her muscles! Like, I feel like I didn't know who Ronnie was coming into this season, and so like maybe she was my underdog just because like I don't know who she is. But I feel like this challenge, I was like whoa, this girl can compete. So I, because of this like round one and what we saw of her in this like mud slinging competition over the, the balls, I, I saw um, something in Ronnie that I hadn't seen before, so. Oh, good, I didn't even notice that. That's a good point. Um, so uh, round two, it's nine women and there's five balls in the pit. And in this round, Tina and Sylvia kind of team up against Kendall. Um, and then a bunch of the girls are fighting over the last ball there. And we end up with Jemmy, Naya, Ronnie, and Kendall being eliminated in this round. Yeah, and the reason why that kind of happened the way that it did is because um, the ball becomes loose at one point and Jemmy gets the ball and she sees that Sylvia is like near the 
um, like end of it. And she throws the ball to Sylvia because yep. Sylvia's in her alliance and she knows that that is best for her game if people in the treehouse get into the authority. So I also thought that was interesting too, that it's very clear that they're playing a team game at this point um, based on their alliances to get far. And it's not just an individual game. Yes. And then in the last round, we're down to Kayla, Kellyanne, Janae, Sylvia, and Tina. And they have to fight over three balls. And again, we have Sylvia and Tina teaming up against Kellyanne. And we end up with Kayla being the first one out with the ball. So she wins for the women. And then Janae and Sylvia also will be making up the authority um, with Kayla for the women. And then is it, Christina, correct me, is this where we find out that Tina may have hurt her finger or hands? Yeah, so what she, yeah. says, what she says at this point is we get like the foreshadowing and she says, that she notice it, notices that her knuckle is feeling out of place and she just pops it back in and she thinks it's okay. So she keeps going. Yeah. Which is a badass move because I probably would have passed out if I popped my <laughs> knuckle back in. I, I totally agree. I have nothing but love for Tina. I totally agree. I love her. Yes. So then we have the men round one, which is the 10 men and there's only nine balls. And for this one, I wrote, MJ can barely walk in this mud. So it's just like, I'm like, he's so worried about this vest, but he, the man could barely walk to begin with. So I thought, I thought he was a little hard on Kendall for giving him the sabotage. And I almost think at the end of the day, it almost gave him an excuse. Like, well, I lost because I had the vest, but I'm watching it. I'm like, this guy can barely walk. I don't no, know. No, we what could else. see him. Anyone could see him limping. As yeah, soon as he walked, he just like grimaced in pain. Like maybe he was overplaying it too. I don't know. Like, oh, out, you know, but. Um, come on. Yeah. I want to have MJ on the podcast. I want to see everything that he has to has to say about this knee situation because he's very contradicting what he said in the Mike Lewis con uh, podcast, at least so it seems to me so far. I think maybe, I don't know, like like in that interview that he did, he uh, trips up on his words sometimes. I'm not really sure, but I'd like to get to the, to the bottom of this knee situation and see what's Well, if he ever does come on this podcast, we need to make sure he does not listen to episode two. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's hilarious. hilarious. I mean, he can listen to me, I guess, but not you two. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be absent that day. <laughs> right? That's when our guests' replacements will come in, Michelle. Um, That's no, hilarious. I, if there's one thing I've learned from listening to podcasts, I don't know if it's these challengers' ego or whatnot, but quite a few like to go on podcasts where the, the host or and co-host, whatever, aren't huge fans. Because they want to kind of prove them wrong a little bit. Have y'all noticed that in listening to some of the challenge podcasts when they have guests on? Maybe a little, but I mean, isn't that like kind of the point of going on the podcast is to like 
put your story out there and your perspective because I mean, you know, there's, there's three sides to every story and everybody has the right to tell theirs. So, you know, I think more power to them personally, I'd want to go on a lot of podcasts too, if I were them. And I think it's good. Like that they do that no matter how how big I was thinking of one specific one where Wes came on and and one of the co-hosts just could not stand Wes and he's like I'm here to change your mind and of course I mean (laughs) that's why I kind of brought up the ego thing because I'm sure it's I mean there's got to be a little bit of percentage of ego in there but you're right Christina I agree with 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 what you were saying and I do think that's cool and they're marketing themselves right and Mm -hmm. no matter how big some of these um challenges have gotten I think that's awesome that they're still willing to do that and wanting to do that yeah I absolutely agree with you um so I kind of doubt I know that Michelle's kind of doing a lot of this um recapping of the daily but before we go any further I'd like to add something that I kind of doubt you have in your your notes and that is that I put that the song of the episode was played here. And that was Dirty by Christina Aguilera. And I yeah. thought that it was just like perfect for them to be doing that for the mud challenge. However, <laughs> I thought it would have been even more perfect if they would have done that during the girls per- portion than the guys portion. Just because like, since it's Christina Aguilera, I don't know. I just think that it would have been even more fun to watch the girls get get dirty to it you know but yeah so <laughs> I had that in my notes that was my the song of the episode for me yeah that was a good moment um so then I guess we're down to the round of nine men left MJ is eliminated and there's five balls so in this round it gets really heated between Nehemiah and yes and they are wrestling um and they are kind of going back and forth a bit um but i i feel like we've seen stuff like this on challenges before but when we get to the end here it seems like nehemiah really didn't take it well and he's really upset with how it went down and how it was handled and he's yelling it yes and he's very upset and i kind of really loved how yes handled him and just kind of said what you've never wrestled before like he didn't back down he didn't apologize he didn't say oh sorry um he just said you know you never wrestled before so that was interesting to me so in this round we end up with- I, i'm sorry michelle can i add on to yeah. that you know i want to we've already talked about this earlier yeah. but i, I love i i'm a fan of nehemiah i love him but unless they didn't show something that happened i thought he was being a a big baby. <laughs> so I kind of wondered, I agree with you completely, but I kind of wondered if like part of it also stemmed from the West yes rivalry that seems to be going on. Um, oh, sure. West and Nehemiah are so closely aligned. It's like almost like, you know, like you come for, you come for me, you come for both of us type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a like, character yeah. assassination of yes. They're trying to make him look like a bad guy. And he's not. Yeah. Yes. I, de- <laughs> I definitely see that um, aspect of it. But still, I still thought he was a baby. Yeah. Um, so that round eliminated. We had Nehemiah, yes, Wes, and Darrell, who's become invisible, like we talked about before. 
Um, so then we're down to the final five men and there's three balls left. So we're down to, we have Cyrus is still in it, which is, I think everyone was kind of impressed. Cyrus was still in it. Mark, Jordan, Derek, and Brad. So for the, for some reason, the way this part was edited, it reminded me of like a zombie movie, but not a slow zombie movie, but one of the zombie movies where they're moving fast, like I think 28 days later or whatever it is. That's all I could think of when I was watching this. Um, so there's five guys at three balls and we end up with Brad coming out first and winning. And then I want to know, I heard someone like quote something Brad had said before, but I don't, I don't know who it was. They said, Brad won because Brad stays ready so he doesn't have to get ready. But I don't so know who that said that. Sylvia. Oh, it was Sylvia, not Tina? Uh, maybe it was Tina. I'm pretty sure it was Sylvia, though. I, I don't, don't think, think it, I don't think it showed them. I think it just did the voice. I know. And you know what? They kind of sound alike. So I, I couldn't tell who it was. Oh, I was for sure it was Tina. But yeah, you could. Yeah, I, I can see it. Um, yeah, their voices are similar. Um, so Brad won and then Derek and Jordan will join Brad in the authority for the top three guys there. So I don't know if either of you two realize this, but one thing that I noticed was um, that the first person to get a ball period in the first round was Kayla for the girls and in for um, the guys in the very first round, Brad and Derek both got their balls at like basically the same time. So I think it's yeah. interesting that from the very beginning of this challenge, Kayla was in the lead basically and dominating. Brad and Derek were both in the lead basically and dominating. And um, Brad and Derek essentially got there at the same time. And I almost wonder if maybe maybe it was a strategic move on Derek's part to let Brad get there just slightly before he did so that he wouldn't have to use the sabotage next week. Mm -hmm. Well, I have two things to say about that. One, I did not pick up on that at all. Um, and two, in general, this is why I'm so impressed with podcasts who just have one host because just, just in the two we've done, like y'all pointed out stuff to me that I didn't notice. And I'm sure vice versa. Mm -hmm. Like it takes, it takes a village for me because I can't <laughs> pick up on, on all that little stuff. So yeah, no, I did not notice that at all. No, I'm right. Me either. So, um, right after we find out that we now have Kayla, Sylvia, John, a Brad, Derek, and Jordan in the authority at the end of the, um, daily challenge, we then get see a um, scene of Kendall talking to MJ and John A, in which Kendall is that's at the point where she says that they weren't or MJ wasn't on her radar and that he she he wasn't even plan A, B, C, or D. And we find all that out from Kendall. And it just kind of seems like her, it was an in-the-moment decision. I don't think she really knew what she was gonna do. But um, I thought that what was like even a little more interesting is that it seemed like John A was talking, even though MJ brought up the conversation, it seemed like John A was talking even a little bit more than MJ was defending him. And her quote was, I would have rather 
you give it to me when you go after someone I care about, that's when you send me over the edge. So she's basically saying that she cares more about MJ's game than her game in that scene. Romance. Right? I was just going to say, friends? Hmm? No. Yeah, no. Unless you're Amanda, you don't die on that sword for your friends. She's Or, or Nelson, I guess. They both died on that sword a couple times. But most, most people do not do that <laughs> in the challenge. <laughs> um, so the next thing that we see is the 70s party. We see them having um, fun in the beginning. But one thing that's like a little bit different than seasons one and two is that instead of just seeing this like fun party, like stage kind of of the of the um, what makes all stars all stars, if you will, we're starting to see a little bit of a turn and we're seeing a little more strategy at these parties than we've seen in the past. So um, we see Wes and Jordan talking about sending yes in. Jordan is agreeing with Wes. We see Kayla, Sylvia, Jemmy, Veronica um, talking about who they think should go in. And Kayla says, we will do whatever Veronica wants to do. Whoever Veronica wants, that's who we're going to put in. Um, and then we see Kellyanne talking to Kendall for the first time. And she says, and I found this really interesting. Kellyanne says to Kendall, I could have told you to go and sabotage them, but I didn't. So basically Kellyanne is saying, the way I heard it anyway, was Kellyanne saying like, if I would have told you to do this, you would have done it. But because we we're trying to play a nice game and because I was trying to play a nice game, a more mature game is what I think Kendall calls it later on. Um, they didn't. So I disliked Kellyanne in this moment because I felt like she was taking Kendall's voice away from her. Um, when she said that, yeah, because she, she like literally says, I could have told you to do this. And it's like, well, Kendall could have just done that too. Like she clearly said, why didn't you tell me to do it? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Just for me personally, I've met Kellyanne in person. I think that she's a really, really nice person. I really like her. But for me personally, um, that scene in particular, I didn't really like the way that she was talking to Kendall about the situation. I know she was frustrated and I know that there was a lot of other other things going on, but um, it just seemed- I need to go back and watch that because- I didn't really take it that way, but now that you threw that out there, like I may see it differently if I, if I watch that scene again. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like hell, like, okay. So I've seen on Twitter, some people saying that like Kayla and Kendall are like kind of the, um, like the main, the main show and that Sylvia and Kellyanne are kind of like their sidekicks. And I found that really, really interesting when I heard I, when I like think about that, like the Twitter stands are saying versus like how Kellyanne talked about it on camera and made Kellyanne, it made it seem like Kellyanne thought that like whatever she said to Kendall, Kendall would do. So I don't know. And I mean, it's, it's the same way in a lot of different alliances, but um, 
as we've heard John A say multiple times, like she's playing her game and these are her decisions. And I think that um, more players should have that mindset. And if they did, maybe they would have won last season instead of John A. You know what? Speaking of John A, she's not my favorite favorite. Like I have a soft spot for her, but I mean, I, I, I won't repeat it. Well, I, I am going to repeat it. I mean, I haven't watched one or two. But man, that girl has gotten a backbone in since yeah. she was on the own show. And I, that just impresses me so much. Like she has really grown into herself and who she is as a woman and a person. And I give her props for that because she's, I, I just remember her being a little bit meek, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, she even talks about that in the, in the beginning of the episode when she's talking um with MJ and we we talked about their kind of romance in their eyes instead of talking about what they were actually saying but what they were talking about was potentially aligning with Wes and one of her confessionals is her talking about um how the last time that she competed with Wes she was kind of not the greatest competitor and now she feels like she is leveled up and hopefully he can see that in her you're right I do remember that Um, so one of the next things that we actually see is Wes talking to John A about yes. And, um, John A literally her quote is, yeah, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Like she does not give him any indication of what she's going to do. She doesn't make him any promises. She just says, we'll see what's going to happen tomorrow. And I mean, that should have been enough for Wes to know that like, "Mm, maybe not so good for me, but I love that she says in her confessional, Wes, you have to win to make these kind of decisions. And if you like, look back to, um, episode two last week, she says the same thing about Tina when Tina is kind of threatening her about not putting in, um, her friends into elimination against her. So, um, I think it's really, really clear this season that John A is playing her own game. And there's another example of that coming up here in just a little bit too, that I have written down. Um, but yeah, so then we see Mark ask MJ who he wants to go against. And Mark says yes, because he's bigger than him. Um, and that's who he'd want to go against because he thinks that would be the easiest person. But MJ says that he wants to go against Cyrus. So then we see um Derek John A Sylvia Kayla and um Brad all talking about their the strategy and John A wants to give MJ Cyrus because that's what he wants Brad wants to put in yes and he claims that it's because he's never been into an elimination and so then we hear Derek so okay let's let's reiterate here who's in this conversation here we have John A Sylvia, Kayla, and Brad, who are all in the authority this episode. And then we have Derek. And Derek says, so are we playing MJ's game or Wes's game or our game? And John A like literally like puts her hand up to stop him and goes, we're going to play the authority's game. So meaning everybody in that conversation besides Derek <laughs> is, is the game that they're playing. So I thought that that was um, really interesting as well. But one thing that I noted too is that 
Um, he, I think part of the reason why he says we is because he's in the alliance, the Treehouse Alliance with Sylvia and Kayla. So he's still trying to be loyal to them. Because well, no, no, no. Derek was in the authority, wasn't he? No. Yeah, he no, won't. he is. Yeah, yeah. Jordan, Derek, and Brad. Oh, okay. I guess I misunderstood that then. So all of them are in the authority. Yeah, so I think everyone in that conversation outside, all of them were part of the authority. So then why did Tony yeah. like put her hand up to him? To like stop? I think she was just trying to make a point like at this moment or tomorrow we decide like this, this is our game. Okay. For that's today. That's, what, that's how I took it. You okay. know, that totally makes sense. I didn't realize for some reason when I was taking my notes, I was thinking Derek wasn't in the authority and I was like, whoa, she just really singled him out there. Okay. But um, I guess that definitely, never mind. It makes more sense. See, that's why I need you two here to help me out. <laughs> um, so then, like, Christina, this episode, there was so much going on. It was very complicated. So please give yourself a break. Yeah, I, it was, there was a, they packed and okay. So I'm just going to say like, they packed so much into this one episode. This is the reason why we have hour and a half episodes on the flagship show because it is so hard to get everything into one, an hour episode. So yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's why they did it. And um, I think this episode is a great example as to something that if it was a little longer, it, it could have made more sense because they packed a lot into basically 45 minutes. I know, but on the flagship show, the past couple of years or past couple seasons has been I, I wish they were only an hour but with some of the people they've been casting. I agree, but that's because we don't know anybody. Like, if you think about, um, well, I guess this season where we know everybody, or if I think back to Final Reckoning, Final Reckoning, I think, was the last season that we had our episodes, and we had really weird um like to be continued breaks on a lot of episodes that season. And I think that's part of the reason why they ended up making hour and a half episodes is because that season is great to binge, but is confusing to watch on a week. If you were to watch it like weekly, you know, like it airs. So I don't know, but I do. I think that part of the reason why I, I agree with you an hour and a half seems long on the flagship show is because we don't know those people. If we knew all those people and we were excited to see every single cast member on there besides maybe six rookies, then I think that it would be a completely different hour and a half. And I think that we would enjoy it a lot more. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't know. We complain. I mean, complain if they're an hour, complain if they're an hour and a half, like. Right. So what are you going to do? We just like to complain. That's what we do as um, stands of the show. And sometimes it bites us in the ass. <laughs> we get what we want and we, or what we don't want. And they do it the opposite way or they think they're yeah. to us and they're not. And yeah, no. So we, we shouldn't complain anymore because it's just going to ruin the show. 
<laughs> but yeah, so the next thing that we find out is that Tina broke her hand and that she has to go home. Yeah, um, that was heartbreaking, devastating. Hated it. Same. Tina is like one of my favorites. I just feel like, I just feel like she has changed so much and her like positivity on Twitter is, I just, I adore her. Um, I know she wasn't, I honestly, like thinking back, I wasn't a big, I, I thought she was kind of a mean girl back in the day mm-hmm. and in some instances. And now like just, just seeing her years later, um, um, she's just a totally different person. Yeah. Agreed. And I love it. Um, I love it. So, Christina, this was actually my music moment of the episode because they played How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? And it took me back to Jack and Kelly breaking up on Saved by the Bell. And it just, oh, man, that was a flashback for me. (laughs) That was my music moment, too. I'm like, this is going to be so lame because it's just like, I don't want to say it because like the slow song and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that was my music moment as well. I think we should pick out a music moment each episode that we like. I think that'd be, yeah, fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, They have such good music on All-Stars anyway. Maybe if we recap the uh, flagship show, it might not be as exciting, but they have such good throwbacks. It's hard not to like love at least one song or like, you know, just have it resonate with you or whatever. Um, so the next thing we see is the authority getting together and choosing who goes into elimination. Um, obviously the people that are kind of up for elimination for the men are Cyrus and yes. And we see, um, that, um, that Cyrus is voted into elimination. Uh, It it shows us who all voted for Cyrus, and that is Kayla, Sylvia, Derek, and John A. And I think that um, this goes back to the treehouse thing with Derek and um, him always voting with the way that the treehouse votes, because he did the same thing with Kendall and um, voted Kayla and Sylvia's way to get Kendall into elimination. One thing that I thought was really interesting is that it seemed to me like Jordan wasn't showing what his cards are because he seemed to kind of burn both of his votes he chose nehemiah for the guys and he chose naya for the girls and when he chooses naya for the girls he literally says naya because it it means nothing to what you guys are going to do here anyway so and then brad chose ronnie i don't know why but then brad talk about that because my I think it's very layered, but my understanding is Brad and Kendall hate each other because okay. of Tori, okay. right? Yeah. So I don't so, know if they hate each other, but they're not going to be all buddy buddy. Okay, but Kendall has like said things about him, and I I don't think they like each other. So I'm surprised that Brad didn't just say Kendall and just throw like throw into the mix. But maybe he like you said with Jordan, maybe he's just trying to kind of stay out of it this time. They, and they both were the only two. They were both the only two that did different votes from the rest of them, with the yeah. males and females, because they would have voted for yes. Both of them would have, I believe, because obviously Brad is diehard, um, and a diehard ally to Wes, 
Okay, so um, I found the tweet that I was looking for. Kendall, Kendall tweeted, I asked Brad if I could give him the sabotage if it was something he felt skilled in, and then I'd reciprocate later on, and he wasn't comfortable with that. I hoped that he would appreciate I didn't use it on him and that he would protect me in the authority. So I thought that that was really interesting because of the Tory stuff too. And if she ever does come on our podcast, that is a question that I would like to, to ask her is what her relationship with Brad is like because of the Tory situation. Cause I would have assumed that they were on opposite sides, but based on that tweet, it makes me seem like maybe Kendall was trying to work with Brad this season. I think Brad and Kendall are both um, cast members that um, respect their, for the most part, respect their, their castmates, right? Yeah, I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. So if, if she did, you know, if she did throw that out to Brad, like I could see him being respectful enough to not say her name at the authority meeting. Oh, so you think that's why he didn't say Kendall, but why Ronnie when Jordan had already thrown out Naya? Because he, Naya was just the burn boat. And he didn't. He probably just said a random name. Or maybe I didn't look that deep into it. I didn't either. Um, Yeah. So I, I, he, I, I was like, oh, he's just throwing out some name. Yeah. I just thought it was super, super random. But yeah, maybe it is just like throwing out a random burn vote name. Um. So that's when I think you talked about this a little bit earlier, Michelle. But that's when Kendall then says that she doesn't think the younger all-stars understand the sacrifices that the older all-stars make to be here. And I understand where she's coming from because when you are older, when you do have a family, when you do have a real job, then, or a job that's different than reality TV, then it is harder and and a bigger sacrifice to get away. But I still don't think that that means that the challenge shouldn't be the challenge, that it shouldn't be cutthroat, that it shouldn't be a dirty game. And I, again, I think Kendall is just like used to the first two seasons where um, everything just kind of fell into place and there wasn't um, a whole lot of the backstabbing and um, line in the sand like there clearly is this season. Um But with that being said, even though I I understand her side, um, everybody makes a sacrifice in order to be there. Sylvia has um, a booming job with as a real estate agent. She um, I don't know if it's a boyfriend or a fiance, but she called herself a stepmom in this episode. So she has like someone that she at least considers her family. And, um, so obviously Sylvia is stepping away from some, something Kayla just got married. Uh, it, you know, like there's something that she, these people are married with and have kids. I mean, probably more, more are married with kids than those who are not. Yeah. But I think she was like specifically talking about like the younger people, but I mean, like John A is married. Sylvia is basically married. Um, Kayla is married. So like, just because Kayla doesn't have kids doesn't mean that she's not leaving something at home behind. So 
I it felt totally irrelevant to even bring up like you know it I don't know it kind of made me yeah I mean I think that they're just really playing into like the that there are younger people on and maybe that even could have been one of those things too that was producer driven where they're like asking her like oh well what do you think of the age differences and do you think that that they're doing this because of age or I don't really know like what Kendall was thinking exactly when she said that but I I love Kendall and I'm sure that she was coming from a genuine place in her heart when she said it but um I think that everybody that goes there has has something that they are sacrificing in order to be there not just the ones that are older personally um so the next thing that we see is that jemmy is told that she needs to call home and she goes on video with her mom and she has veronica sitting next to her at for support and we find out that her dad is sick um and so she goes home to be with her dad so this episode we lose tina to injury and we also lose jemmy to going home for a family emergency Um, I think that was one of the sadder things that we've seen. Um, Obviously, it was heartbreaking to see Tina go, but I think it was even sadder to see the way that Jemmy went out because it's not even like she got hurt. She just went home because she loves her dad and her dad wasn't doing well. I mean, as someone who lost her dad not too long ago in a very short time, that that scene broke my heart. Um, Obviously, it conjured up feelings um it it hurt me for me and it hurt me for for Jimmy because that must be so terrifying to hear that news over the phone and be so far away and not knowing you know what what she can do to help you know so I was I was really proud of her for leaving even though we didn't really understand what was going on right and for her mom to just leave it up to her was such a like boss mom move to me, right? No pressure on her. Like, honey, you need to, you need to make this decision for yourself. And in my opinion, she made the right one. And I think, um, I think she knows she made the right one. So I, I was just really, um, saddened, but that she left, but happy that she left. Cause I think she knew in her heart, she needed to go. I agree. I completely agree. And then pretty much right when after we find out that Jemmy needs to go home, we get to the elimination. Um, Abby, would you like to tell us about the elimination that we saw? Oh, goodness. Um, y'all take so much better notes than me. So just just fill in any holes. So of course, we started off with the women's elimination. Um, Kendall versus Veronica. And once again, the ladies get a pass because of the two who left. Um, And then of course we see in the um, previews, a replacement comes in. So those girls are safe. John A is pissed that Kendall's still there. Um, And TJ says the line he said last episode, we still have an elimination to get to. Um, Did y'all want to make a point about the girls staying and being safe was there something else y'all picked up on not really no. No. okay um 
they were both, you know, really relieved. Like, I think Veronica said, like, it was bittersweet. You know, she was happy she was safe, but sad that her two best friends had to go um, just for her to be basically be safe. Um, so I do have a lot to say about the MJ and Cyrus elimination. Um, funny, Cyrus was a D1 basketball player. And Darrell did have, have a little funny comment here because Cyrus couldn't hit that basket if his life depended mm-hmm. on it at first. Um, and MJ was, was doing his thing. So <laughs> the thing Cyrus was supposed to be good at, MJ killed. The thing MJ was supposed to be good at because he's a contractor, Cyrus did better at. So they like switched Ooh. roles there. Good point. Uh, yeah. So I thought, I, yeah, that was funny. But so MJ w- was, I thought, far ahead and then he could not break that wall. And here comes Cyrus, like out of nowhere, just busting that wall down. And I hear people yelling, jump, jump. And from the look of the hole, this is what I want to ask y'all. Do y'all think Cyrus could have jumped through that hole? Because it looked like it was big enough for him to make a dive through it. But in the end, MJ came out being able to jump through first and he won the elimination. But I, w- I was curious, we always say this, we may not see it all, but at one point I really thought Cyrus had the, the space to go. What did y'all Yeah, think? I was really surprised that he didn't try. And then I'm like, did the producer say like a certain amount of the wall had to be broken down before? Like, I, I, I was really confused why he didn't try. It looked like he could have gone through it. I'm interested. I need Cyrus to do an interview and I need him to say why he didn't go through the wall. Because if there's a reason, okay. But otherwise it looked like he could have fit through. Okay. That's what I thought too. Maybe we could have Cyrus on the podcast sometime. Not hey. after you killed him. Okay. Well, I've also. <laughs> I we also- are just, we are screwing ourselves left and right. <laughs> yeah. Nikki, no more, no more F Mary kill questions, even though that was our favorite one to answer. Actually, uh, yes. <laughs> Nikki, Nikki, this is all your fault. Hilarious. You need to do some, no, it's okay, need to do some damage control for us. I think it's okay, though, because I went to Cyrus's 50th birthday party, and then I also met him at Challenge Mania Live St. Louis, and he, like, signed this little photo album for me that my mom gave me. Oh, my gosh, my mom's the cutest. So she got me, like, this, like, old-school, like, actual photo album to print off all my uh, L.A. pictures, and so I could, like, have, like, a fo- photo album of my trip to L.A., and so I took it to Challenge Mania Live with me, and I had Cyrus sign it. So I think Cyrus definitely. Oh, that's right so now. cute. Yeah, he'll forgive you. Yeah, he'll forgive me. He was up against tough competition. Okay, like throw Wes in there, and I wouldn't have killed him. Okay, I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people. He was just up against some tough competition for me. So. There, there, Christina goes again. <laughs> Okay, whatever. I should probably shut my mouth now on that topic, I suppose. But yeah, anyway, um, keep going about the elimination. Sorry. Well, that was that was pretty much it. That was the only question I really had. And then, you know, MJ, MJ took it and well, I'll, I'll we'll see how his knee holds up next next challenge. I MJ to me was just like, of course he wants to go against Cyrus. Like Cyrus is like the oldest guy outside of Mark and Mark's 
on another level, you know, mm-hmm. I just, it was just so lame to me. Cause MJ's like talking up how he's so great and the best. And then it's like, Oh, I want to go against Cyrus. And I'm like very surprised that they gave him Cyrus because you would think that they would want to do some manipulation to keep Cyrus around so that like they could, the other guys could go against Cyrus later down the road mm-hmm. and have an easy win or go in their opinion. I think um, they like don't hold any bad blood against each other though. At least it like didn't seem like it in person because they were no. guests at Challenge Mania Live and they seemed to get along just fine. Yeah, no, it, I don't think it was. I, I really don't think it was personal. It's just like MJ wanted someone he could beat. I don't know. It was just kind of lame for not, how much MJ is going to talk himself up. He's like, oh, I want to go against Cyrus. All right, MJ. Well, we're um, never, we're never gonna unless something changes we're we're always going to be like whatever mj because of how we feel about him but i i i it's like i've turned a corner everything he does annoys me and that's just what it is right now um oh poor mj well mj i still have your back (laughs) you're gonna have to be mj defender because yeah apparently that's funny so the only thing that i wanted to add um is Two things, I guess. One is that um, we hear John A say, my heart is beating so fast right now. It's like, okay, John A, let's just make it even more. Let's just drill home the fact that like there's something going on here. Yeah, they're not sugarcoating anything with them. Like literally, we just like haven't seen anything happen. But like, they're sure alluding to it in my opinion. And then the other thing, at the end of the elimination that we see is that it is official. TJ tells MJ that he will have three stars on his um, jersey the next time, which means that he acquired both of the stars that Cyrus had. Good catch. I didn't even notice that. So what happened to Tina's stars? They just disappear. I think so. Okay. I think so, yeah, unfortunately. So the very last thing that we see um, is the trailer for for next week. And in that trailer, we see that they brought in a replacement. We're not told who it is, but we see Ronnie saying, I hope I can beat her. And then we see um, that they even tell us the name of the challenge next week. Next week's challenge is called, daily challenge is called High Stakes. And basically they're on like this like plank thing and they have to solve a math problem on this like super tall building or and I'm assuming if they get the problem wrong then they're dropped um we don't really know exactly what happens with this because it's just the um uh trailer for next week but then we we also see Derek saying that we are seeing the heavyweight matchup of of all stars history I assume that's an elimination so it should be a good one, especially because at the very end, the last thing that we see is that someone is being carried away in a stretcher. So I don't know if somebody gets hurt during the daily or if somebody gets hurt during the elimination, but based on what Derek says about it being the heavyweight matchup, the words matchup there is what makes me think that maybe that happens in an elimination, somebody gets really hurt. And we couldn't tell who was on the stretcher, right? Because I paused it and I was trying to see. Okay. I couldn't tell. Um, I think I saw on Twitter 
maybe like gamer or j challenge saying who it was so but i think that's a spoiler so i won't say cool oh text us later because i want to know i don't remember a lot of the spoilers yeah i can definitely do that um do either of you two have anything that you want to add before i um have one thing that i'd like to end this podcast with no i'm good okay no, i'm also here Okay, cool. So um, the very last thing that I wanted to add is just while we were recording um, just now, we had um, one of our followers and Abby's friend, Denise, um, kind of give us a, a pretty big shout out here. Um, Tina, she had tweeted T minus 45 minutes till go time. Don't forget, you know, it's never good never as good secondhand but be there live in action and she has a um she's going to be on that spotify live thing with mark and emily longaretta tonight it seems like and then um somebody retweeted it and said make sure you guys listen i'm sure tina will be dropping some tea and then um tina responds to that and says you bet your ass i will and then um, shout out to Denise for shouting us out, says some of your biggest fans, three kick ass women just started a new podcast and you would be an awesome guest. I would listen for sure. Love Queens supporting Queens. And um, that was sent, like I said, while we were while we were recording this and um tina liked it so um, oh i love that yeah so that's awesome i will definitely be tweeting tina part of me like kind of wants to post that like 45 second video and be like this was me i'm the girl with the, <laughs> with the new podcast come on please i love you <laughs> so i don't know i probably yeah, actually do that but um maybe i'll dm her with that I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but I will definitely be reaching out to Tina and trying to get her on the podcast as well. Thank you, Denise. Yes. Yes. We love all of everybody's love, every, everybody's support. It's so nice of everybody. And again, we're just like super, super grateful. So is there anything else that you two would like to close out the podcast with? No. Okay. Awesome. Well, then that concludes our episode for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, we really, really appreciate your support. And we will be back again next week. Maybe we'll even have a guest for you. Who knows? Um, don't get your hopes up because that's not a for sure thing or anything. But um, there are some people that we have talked to and hopefully we'll be able to get them on in the future. So again, thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week.